It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. Thrown out to the far side of the bubble screen and running in for the touchdown is Jeremy Macklin. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly. Mm. And part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. It is episode number 73, uh, and yet it doesn't feel, uh, it's it's been almost a week now off of off of the awful tragedy that was the Cowboys matchup, and I, it, the entire, entire goodwill, the entire good vibes, everybody's just depressed. It's, um, you know, every, I mean, I think there are some people out there that are, that are looking at the Colts-Cowboys game and, and having a little bit of hope there. Um, obviously I think we're more interested in that than what, what what's going to, uh, come out here on Saturday and who knows there, there, it might be over then there might be some weird, again, weird anomaly where Washington decides to play okay for a game and the, the Eagles don't, and it's over before Sunday starts, but we'll get into that in just a little bit. I know you're probably listening to this and being like, uh, you know, I don't want to get too depressed and we won't, we won't try and make it the whole hum Eeyore type of type of show i do want to say if you're listening to this right now uh more than likely at this moment we'd like to welcome in our new partners to the liberty broadcast uh a family as uh, you may or may not have heard uh back from the dead uh, jimmy kemsky tommy lawler uh back together once again to do eagles insider uh is going to be a little bit of a spin on old the old helmet to helmet and uh, maybe that will grow uh, into the next season and through the draft and all that good stuff. So uh, welcome to the family, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, but here in our family, currently right now, we'd like to welcome Mr. Brandon Lee Gelton from uh, BleedingGreenNation.com. What's happening, pal? Uh, you know. <laughs> uh, and, of course, uh, joining us uh, on the preview show, Mr. James Zeltzer from 97.5 The Fanatic. How is it going, buddy? I think Brandon summed it up pretty well there, John. <laughs> 
Uh, the sexiness of Patrick Wall, are you going to put us out, pull us out of this depression at all a little bit, bud? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, uh, you know, first and it's foremost. It's a rousing crew we got here tonight. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Uh, everybody uh, probably has their own takes on, I mean, again, we've. I, I think we have beaten to death uh, quarterback, cornerback, full Sanchez, all that stuff. I, I, I really, there's nothing more to, to, to really go into at this point, especially at this point in the season. However, Mr. BLG, kind of uh, important news and the timing of the news I thought was rather interesting that Brandon Graham uh, is going to tr- start with the extension talks. Uh, I think that, I mean, we already kind of knew uh, what Trent Cole's future was going to be more than likely next season, but now it's kind of making it more apparent. Maybe we just saw Trent Cole's last game uh, in an Eagles uniform here. Yeah, it's it's very possible. Uh, that's, that's pretty disappointing. I mean, Trent Cole has been here for 10 years now. Uh, I think he's played something like 158 out of 162 possible games. Hasn't missed a game since 2011. Really just a solid force there. I think a lot of people were down on him heading into the season, you know, really saying the Eagles need a better pass rusher. And while that there is some truth to that, I think Cole has been a little underrated in the sense that he's still – He's putting up respectable numbers, had six and a half sacks, I think, this season so far. Also had three forced fumbles. That's only one away from his career high of four. So he's kind of been struggling in recent weeks. I feel like he hasn't had his played his best football in recent weeks. But on the season and just, you know, part of his career here, really, uh, you know, a, a player probably doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. So it is definitely disappointing to see him go down. But at the same time, you're pretty excited to see – a guy like Brandon Graham, who's excelled in limiting limited playing time, you know, get to prove if he can make it happen in a uh, expanded playing role. So I'm going to be interested uh, to see how Graham does, and at the same time, I'm going to be a little disappointed that Trent Cole won't be there. Yeah, James, it's it's kind of I don't know how to how to feel about it because if I'm Brandon Graham, and a lot of people have echoed this too, is just I would rather walk into free agency. And and build that type of market because I think uh, as always a pass rusher, especially a guy who can be a pass rusher in a three four or a four three, it's probably going to command a decent amount of money and maybe even a little bit over his market value. Is this an attempt to stop him from doing that? I mean, it's still a pretty good bargaining chip um, going in because they can't let him walk. They cannot let him walk into free agency. Uh, at least I don't think so. Do you think the Eagles get a deal done before uh, the new year? I I think you just summed it up perfectly. I'm with you. They can't let him walk. I think this is clearly an attempt to try and get him before he hits the market because, as you said, I think his price will be inflated. Uh, Is Graham willing to give Philadelphia a hometown discount? That's really what it comes down to. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if I'm him, I probably am not. You know, I, I, I think we've seen a lot when you see a lot of most situations are determined by the money that the athlete will get more so than where they want to be. Obviously there are examples where athletes shun extra money to be able to play where they want to play or be in a city they love or whatever. But you know, the vast majority go for the money and, and I just, I don't get it. I don't know why Brandon Graham would sign a deal now. Uh, you know, he's only got two games left and, and maybe potential playoffs. The risk for injury is, is much lower than if he had signed earlier in the season, that might've made some sense, but at this point, I mean, he's been so good this year in a limited role, and, and I'm sure he believes that he's going to be able to play well in these last two games when he gets the opportunity. Yeah, if I'm him, I, I don't sign. So I, if I had to guess, I would say no. But, you know, stranger things have happened. You know, I said we weren't going to talk about the quarterback position, but this is, I mean, it, it's Washington, and this keeps kind of creeping up. 
And this these type kind of talks started even before this week started to happen. I mean, the absolute craziness of the dumpster fire that's happening down there and Jake Gruden just, you know, full on open mouth and I love every single second of what's happening there. But, you know, RG three was asked some questions and he's like, Yeah, it looks pretty familiar to the offense. We ran in Baylor over there from afar eye, Mr. Chip Kelly, and Chip Kelly, you know, uses uh, some other praise for him too. And what, you know, uh, what does he show on tape and all this other stuff? And compliments back and forth and back and forth. Uh, Patrick, I mean, is uh, I don't know. It's it's we're gonna have to see what happens in Washington if Jay Gruden gets fired. I don't think that uh, RG three is going to go anywhere, but um, are you maybe making a phone call to Washington? I think you have to at least make the phone call. I mean, you're talking about a player who, before he got injured, and, and it remains to be seen if Mike Shanahan ruined RG3's career in that uh, playoff game against Seattle. But at his peak in his rookie year, I mean, we saw firsthand he had maybe one of the best games any quarterback has ever had against the Eagles um, in Nick Foles' first start in Washington. I was there firsthand, and that was rough uh so you know some players in this team know what he can do obviously chip kelly knows what he can do um you have to at least make that phone call whether or not jay gruden is willing to uh to essentially pull uh, an andy reed and trade a uh in his mind washed up quarterback to a division rival that remains to be seen um from everything that you've heard jay gruden say this week uh you know something to the gist of uh, or, or to the effect of we got to make sure we play well so that RG3 doesn't have to play a quarterback, uh, you know, indicates that, that, that the skins are not super high on him anymore. Um, and, you know, the king of the reclamation projects would probably love to, uh, to get him here in Philly and, and improve that awful team and that awful coaching staff role. Yeah, I definitely think uh, this is something that, I mean, I even wrote about this a couple of weeks ago when it, it first uh, happened that, RG3 was being benched for Colt McCoy because I was looking at that and thinking, man, if they're benching this guy for Colt McCoy, there's just, to me, there's like, how do you bring him back after that point? I mean, you're benching him for Colt McCoy. Like, how much of a future do you really think he has if you're benching him for Colt McCoy? And even now, he's not even playing now because uh, that's their choice. He's only playing because Colt McCoy had a neck injury. So, and it sounds like there was a report earlier in the week that they are going to keep Gruden and I, I think they are going to because I was talking to the guy from Hogshaven about that. And when you think about it, I think you still do a decent amount of money. And Snyder already paid Shanahan uh, to take this year off, basically, because he was still under contract for this year, but they fired him. So I don't, I don't think Snyder wants to leave all that money on the table again. I think they are going to give at least Gruden one more year. And if that's the case, I really don't see how Griffin is back. Uh, I really think that the Eagles don't have a lot of obvious options this offseason, you can say trade for Marcus Mariota, but we all know that's not an easy answer by any means and might not even be possible. Free agency, no one really that exciting. Maybe Jake Locker, but, you know, it's hard to get excited about that. Jake Cutler, maybe. Oh. Jake Cutler. <laughs> I, am, I am far from – I'm like – I'm just really not a Jake Cutler guy. And even even if you are a Jake Cutler guy, the contract is just ridiculous. Like it doesn't – to me, it, just, it doesn't make any sense from a money perspective. So – I think if there's a guy that I would say the chances aren't isn't going to work out because he's the long shot, but he has that theoretical upside. And for all this talk about how Nick Foles is young, RG three and then and RG three is washed up. 
Now, RG3 is younger than Nick Foles. I don't want to hear that. And I know the injuries are a concern. So, you know, they have to do their homework there. You know, you don't want this to be an Andrew Bynum situation where, you know, he's damaged goods. But, uh, you know, I feel like if you're going to take a shot on someone, and that's pretty much their only option because there's, again, nothing in the draft, nothing great in free agency, why not take a flyer on this guy if you can get him at a decent price? And by that, you know, we're not talking about giving a first-round pick or something away here, maybe like a fourth, or if they just cut him, you sign him, something. But, I, yeah, I think he could be worth a chance. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of along those same lines. I, I actually think it's going to be tougher to trade for him. I, you know, I, I see no way that Dan Snyder is going to be willing to give his, you know, this guy that he traded an entire draft for, and we all saw Jeff Fisher bring out all the players the other the other week when the Rams played them, <laughs> and it was hilarious. It was great, but, um, you know, I mean, this was Snyder's guy. Snyder was going to build his franchise around RG3, and it has just steadily, steadily, steadily declined ever since that first season, ever since he got hurt. And I, I just don't see Snyder giving him to the Eagles. I think if the Eagles get him, it has to be that that – there's no one willing to pay what Snyder wants, and it's a Deshaun Jackson type of thing where they end up cutting him. Then, in that case, absolutely. I don't. Why wouldn't you? I mean, what what's the downside here? He's not going to cost a ton of money. Uh, you know, again, like Brandon said, I, I'd give. I mean, I don't. Again, don't think Washington will trade him to the Eagles, but I'd give up a fourth for him. I'd give up a third for him. I mean, the upside is is so high. We know that Chip Kelly. At least we believe that Griffin at his peak of of physical ability or if he can get close back to that could be a very dynamic player in a chip kelly system so yeah i think you got to spin the tires there i think you got to take a look but ultimately i i just think there are too many obstacles in the way of it happening for him to actually end up being an eagle eagle next year all right let's check out what you guys are uh, saying out there we want to hear from you call the duncan philly anytime hotline Leave us a message, and we'll put you on the air. 267-245-6066. That's 267-245-6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. And, of course, we got a uh, an actually pretty decent, uh, uh, long, awesome email from uh, our good friend Joel Bryant. He says, hello, John, Brandon, James, and Patrick. I have a little interesting uh, perspective on the end of the season here. I know I'm in the minority when I say this, but I think the Eagles have to lose these final two games. Oof. Uh, if uh, Even if Dallas loses to the Colts, we finish at first in 11-5, and five and we're not going to win a playoff game, especially considering the Fools might not even be ready for it. Under this scenario, we would have to draft anywhere from 23 to 26, depending on how other teams play, like the Steelers and Ravens. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Should the Eagles admit defeat, lose out, and they will obtain a far greater position in the draft. The Bills, Chargers, and Chiefs are each 8-6 and six and have a higher strength of schedule than the Birds. If any one of those three games uh, is won, the Eagles will have a better pick due to the strength of schedule. While the last scenario isn't 100% likely, it's still far more unlikely and a more promising situation, having a draft pick 15-20 through 20 to be very important to even give us a little chance at going up and drafting Marcus Mariota. Well, that's my take. Thanks for reading and putting on a great show. Joel, thank you very much, my friend. I know a lot of people suggested that. We talked a little bit about it in the reaction show. Um, Patrick, would you be on board with that at all, though? It doesn't matter if I'm on board with it. None of the players in that locker room are going to be on board with it. I mean, can you... I'll I'll, I'll rephrase it this way. How pissed would you be 
if you felt like Chip Kelly of all head coaches was not giving his best or not not coaching the best game plan, and if this team came out and just looked bad. I mean, the idea of of tanking in football, it gets thrown a lot, thrown around a lot, but I think unlike most other sports, there's too many guys on the team. There's a lot of pride involved. I, I almost feel like it's a non-start. I think it's an interesting question, especially when you consider uh, clearly Joel's done a lot of research, which is cool. And you see how far down the Eagles or how far up, I should say, the Eagles could potentially draft um, if things broke a certain way. I, I just don't think it's it's realistic to expect anything like that to happen. Also, uh, the, the part that really bothers me of the email is that, yeah, like, do we think they're better than Seattle? No. Do we think they're better than Green Bay? No. But you know what? All you got to do is get to the dance. You never know what can happen. A nine and seven uh, Giants team went to the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, a Giants team beat an undefeated Patriots team as fourteen point underdogs in the Super Bowl. Anything can happen in the dance. I think you can't think that way. I think if you have the opportunity to get to the playoffs, even if it is what forty percent now or thirty nine percent, whatever their chances are, I think you got to play for it. I, you know, especially in a league where you know, the, how often do you see the the twenty fifth pick be better than the 10th pick. I mean, it happens all the time. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I could never condone that. If, and one, oh, and ahead, one more thing to add on to what James is saying. I think if you're an Eagles fan, and I was thinking about this today, I agree with James there that, you know, anything can happen and all of that. But not even just for that. Just think about this. If the Eagles do manage to win the NFC East or somehow they get wild card there's a pretty decent chance the team they would be playing in that first round is the Cowboys and I think a lot of people are obviously upset they lost the Cowboys this past week but don't wouldn't you you know don't you want one more chance at them don't you want if you're an Eagles fan don't you want one more shot at them to you know if you're going to go down maybe go down in the playoffs get one more crack at them try to beat them I think a lot of people would like to see that so that's that's my take on it absolutely and if you get another taste of well here's the th- here's what I'll say Joel if if they somehow lose to Washington on Saturday, yes, absolutely. They should know they should try out every backup possible because at that point, you know, it's it's not there. Well, and again, if the Cowboys if the Cowboys win and they lose, then yes, I'm I, I am I am all for ditching the last game because it doesn't help you. It really doesn't. But but here's what I'll say um, is I rightfully got so much crap from Cowboys fans for saying that yes, indeed. I, you know, there's no way the Eagles can lose this game and da 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 And if they would have executed properly, I think that would have happened. But all that crazy stuff did. Um, the Colts are still competing for that third or fourth seed. You know, there's a there's a there's a a, a big tight race there in the AFC for that seeding. They're not going to just come out trot lolly golly lollygagging all over the place. So I I do think that you there should be a, a lot more hope. In, in that matchup and what's happening there. Um, and if you do, just like Brandon said, you get Ollie Frazier three in the playoffs and then they end up beating the Cowboys and then going on, man, that's that's even better. I, I, I think that's I think that's worth draft position just as a fan and, and as a football team showing that, you know, you can at least come back from that. You've regrouped, you got in somehow, and just like James was saying, who anything can happen at that point. Absolutely anything. Especially, I know there's a lot of people out there, too, who are saying it's over, the playoffs are done. I just got to remind everybody here, 44-6 to and that whole leading up to it, there was four things that had to go the Eagles' way, and it happened. It's a crazy league where 
sure things turn into complete chaos, and I think that's why we all love and 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 watch the game. And I'm not trying to get too like you know trying to pep everybody up and have a you know start a start a march on down to the Lincoln Financial Field or anything like that. It's just there there are still things that can happen, and you do have to play it out. But it, yeah, if they do lose Saturday and the Cowboys end up taking care of business against the Colts. Uh, then uh, I, I would I would definitely lose to the Giants the next week. Um, yeah, any other uh, th- final thoughts here, uh, BLG, as we're heading into Washington? We'll do predictions in here in, in a second, but, um, you know, I, it, it just win, basically. I mean, there's no real big matchup problems that uh, I'm noticing. It's the same Washington team that's been defeated and severed and locker-roomed and all that good stuff. Um, w- are you looking forward to anything on Saturday? I think one thing we have to give the Eagles credit for, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, they can't beat a good team. They only beat these bad teams. Well, I think there's value in that. You know, if if you're beating bad teams, that means you're not a bad team. I think you have to look at Chip Kelly's track record since being here. And I can't really think of too many games that they have lost to bad teams. I think the only one was last year against Minnesota. And that game, you know, kind of just an anomaly for Matt Castle just having really like career performance that day. And, you know, some weird things going on there. So, you know, I think you look at these final two games and you look at Saturday, which is just so, still so weird to me, Saturday game thing. But I, I think you look at this game and I think you should have some level of confidence, even though the team is struggling, that they can beat Washington. I think Washington is, is pretty banged up. Uh, Trent Williams is limited. I think he's going to play, but he might not be 100%. Jason Hatcher, who's easily their best pass rusher, isn't going to play because he's been sitting out of practice. So I think, you know, they have a good chance to finish the season strong here. No, but I think that's a great point that Brandon made. You know, I think everyone's really down on this team right now, kind of where they, you know, how they've showed up the last two weeks in huge games. But as far as just winning out, you know, and obviously they need help. Chip Kelly teams have always beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Again, other than that Minnesota game, they go in and they take care of business against bad teams. And Washington and New York are both bad football teams. Washington is an especially bad football team. You know, everyone talks about the Jim Haslip blitz and, oh, they love to blitz and it's so, so, so much pressure. They can't get pressure on anybody. He has to blitz because they have no ability to create pressure on the quarterback. Otherwise they have 33 sacks. They had 10 in one game against the Jags. So they've had 23 sacks in their other 14 or 13 games. Um, They're just not that good a defense. They're not that good a team. I, I, I really, you know, unless unless we've just seen this whole thing wrong and this team is defeated and done, in which case, you know, it's all over anyway, uh, I think the Eagles go in there and beat them pretty handily. It's interesting. I want to piggyback on what James just said. I think my my first thought when the Seahawks game ended was, wow, I feel bad for the Cowboys because I thought the Eagles were just going to come pissed off and just rampage all over the Cowboys. And we did not see that. So I think there is a legitimate concern that this team might be kind of mentally taxed at this point. Um, we'll see how they come out. But, I mean, if the Eagles come out and have a bad first half, I'm going to have some serious concerns about a lot of things with this team, I think. Um, I don't expect that to happen, but it is something to watch just to kind of see the team's attitude because we've been hearing, you know, culture, culture, culture. Um you know that's a that's a wild amount of speculation on my part, but I think it is something to watch. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's uh, for me as as part of the the week leading up to this, and there's been uh, a lot of different articles and saying I was just like, well, 
uh, Chip Kelly just culture just got beat by the Cowboys talent and all this stuff. It's like, guys, you got to remember, they also just kicked the crap out of that team two weeks before then. You know, it, it was a tough crunch. You knew it was going to happen. Dallas is a good football team. Um, obviously, it's still debatable. Well, it's not debatable for me. I mean, I, I the, the greatest gift right now that the Cowboys could do is get to the playoffs, win a playoff game, and have that extension with Jason Garrett. Because there are a lot of people that think he's a good coach, and all it really is is Ron Rivera. I mean, that's I mean that's basically what's going to happen again. That that coaching staff, however they fuse together, and that's another thing too. Is just like, and I'm not I'm not cowboy bashing here. It's not that hard to realize. Yeah, you are I, a little bit. It's just because it's <laughs> I, it's I, I just been getting it. I just got to let it off my chest here. Look, there are good. It, it's not that hard to figure out. A throw the ball against Bradley Fletcher. Right, that's that's a good game plan. Every every team should be doing that. And B, when your cow, when your franchise, you know, quarterback is has a back injury and has had one all, the entire season, what do you get? What do you do to protect them? You run the football. And they realized they did they did that. They made a major switch, and it's a different football team. Um, but it's not like they're the Eagles couldn't go there and beat them in the playoffs again. So the the one thing I will say leading up to this thing is, good God Almighty. Put Riley Cooper on the freaking bench because I can't take it anymore. It's hurting the football team. And again, I'm staring at this damn shot of the first play that's supposed to probably go off for 30-plus yards or more on a simple wide receiver screen with six linemen ready to stomp out the safety and probably Riley scores on it. Free Josh Huff, for the love of God. Both of these wide receivers could hurt the team in one way or the other. I'll take the guy that can make plays, runs around like a freaking pinball. I'm tired of it. Sit him down for the rest of the year and get it over. Let's let's have some fun now and get to the NFL picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Well, uh, you know, uh, Tony Bruno giving us his uh, his uh, big noggin uh, last week uh, paid off dearly as uh, Kansas City went ahead and took care of business there. Uh, not sure how we all did, but BLG, uh, start us off for this week. I mean, we might as well just go to the Eagles game. <laughs> and <laughs> the Eagles are nine-point favorites on the road. Uh, yeah, I just, again, I don't really buy this Washington team right now. Uh RG three is going to play. Okay, you know he was benched for Colt McCoy. Doesn't not really a great endorsement. Uh, Jay Gruden, as Patrick said earlier in the show, doesn't really even have confidence in his uh, ability to play quarterback. The defense just so bad. They're missing Hatcher. I think Williams is going to be banged up even if he plays. As I said, uh, really just don't know how that team's going to be really fired up or anything. That's the other thing. I think they're going to actually get a pretty good. Eagles turnout down there. I think a lot of the fans at this point in the season are just like done with that team. I think the Eagles can cover minus nine. Excellent. James Elzer, where are we heading to next, sir? Well, John, you asked how we did last week, and I felt very strongly about my pick last week, and I nailed it. All right. The Giants over the Redskins. I think it was seven that they covered. Uh, I feel just as strongly about my pick this week. We're heading down to South Beach, John. Minnesota Vikings heading into Miami. The Dolphins are six and a half point favorites. I, 
I don't think the Dolphins should be six and a half point favorites over anyone in the league. The Vikings have actually played pretty decent football lately. Uh, if you look at their last four games, uh, they beat the Jets, they beat the Panthers handily, and they lost to Green Bay by three and last week lost to Detroit by two. They've been playing tough football. On the flip side, the Dolphins, the exact opposite. The Dolphins have lost two straight. They've been blown out by New England, blown out by Baltimore, barely squeaked by the Jets and then lost to Denver in, in a close one. But I just think these are two teams heading in a different direction. I think Joe Philbin... Might be out at the end of the year. I don't know if there's a lot of in incentive for those guys to play hard for him. I think Mike Zimmer's guys are clearly playing hard for him and playing out the string strong. I not only like the Vikings to cover, they're going to win it outright, John. Oh, my. Wow. P. Wall, where are we heading to next? You know what, guys? Let's go to Houston, where the Texans are six-point home dogs to the Ravens. And I know that Baltimore is playing well. They've won their last four out of five. Houston, not so much, just lost the NFC South. Um, But if there's one thing I've been consistent on all season, it's how much I irrationally hate the AFC North. Uh, So because of that, and because of the fact that I think the Texans are going to be out to show that they're better than people think they are and that the Ravens are worse than people might think they are, I'm taking the Texans outright plus six at home. Whoa. Hey, now. Yeah. Ring the bell, baby. Uh, I am. Uh, ah, it's so funny to see. I, I just love seeing the the uh, <laughs> it's a, Chicago Bears plus seven favorites completely crossed out ever since they announced that Jimmy Clausen was going to start. <laughs> uh, I, you don't trust Jimmy Clausen? No, no, no. Not maybe Jimmy Clausen? Maybe it's his name. Maybe the if line he went, went by from Jim my- Clausen. It's line went from minus four and a half to nine. Detroit is a nine point favorite on the road. I I think I saw somewhere that they haven't been more than a seven point favorite on the road in like 20 years or something crazy. Uh, I'm decided just to to head up north from exactly where I'm at and uh, check out the Meadowlands because uh, the Patriots coming into this one as a 11 point favorite. And I know the Jets playing well at home. But I'm going to gamble and say that they don't because they threw uh, four interceptions in practice consecutively today. And that makes me feel very comfortable with taking the Patriots this week. uh, Minus 11 over your New York Jets. Uh, Well, I mean, um, not that it uh, is uh, a very pump up prediction that's going to come. But we want to know how this one's going to end on Saturday anyway on the NFL Network 430 BLG. What's your final score this week? I want to say one thing I didn't get to say, and that is I wish I was on the show last week because I took the Bills outright over the Packers. <laughs> yeah, I, was I wasn't here. Anyway, we'll I think it. the – okay, so the Eagles are going to win. I, I took them to cover the, the nine-point spread, so I'm going to say – I'm going to say 33 to 23. James Elzer, how's this one ending? Colts 23, Dallas 20. Yes, that's what Boom. I like to hear. Boom. Big prediction. Good Boom. prediction. Good prediction. Andrew Luck drives him down the field. It's a tie game at the end. Andrew Luck walks down the field. Adam Vinatieri does what he's done a million times before, and he knocks a game winner. And the Eagles are alive again. Which now means he's going to shank it, right? Uh, Way to go, <laughs> Right, right. Of course, right? Uh, BLG, Dallas uh, prediction? I'm going to... I'm, I'm the heel here, and I'm going to say Dallas wins in a in a crushing game. It just crushes the spirit of every Eagles fan. It's going to be 27 to 23. Patrick, uh, Eagles and Dallas prediction. I think the Eagles are just going to steamroll Washington football team. 
which for the record is my least favorite team in professional sports. I don't know if I've mentioned that every single time <laughs> Washington comes up. Million times. I hate that team so much. Uh, I think I think it's a drubbing. I'm going to say it's something to the tune of 31-17, even though I think RG3 is going to be motivated to play a game uh, that will catch the eye of his former future uh, coach, future former coach, Chip Kelly. Uh, I, I'm going to say 31-17 for the Dallas Indy game. My heart says Dallas loses. My head says Dallas wins. But you guys don't want to hear that. And there's been so much negativity on the show. Anyway, I'm going to say Dallas loses 30 to 27. Wow. I'd like to see that football game. Uh, yeah. Eagles, uh, no problem in this one. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I'll say, uh, I'll say 35, 13, 35, 13. Cause I just think, I think that's just a, a nightmare, uh, for those guys, uh, offensively and defensively and just what's going on down there. The Dallas game, man, I, it's just, I mean, that doesn't, if that doesn't just match up perfectly with what Andrew Luck does, however, uh, what Indy can't do, Dallas does really well and they can run the football. I don't know if that hand, I don't know what's going on, but, um, I, you know, put a shot in it, rub some dirt in it. DeMarco Murray's beginning to do very well against that Colts defense. And uh, I just, uh, man, that line, that damn line, James Zelter. I, I, uh, I'm going to say the Colts squeak it out. I, they're just not that great at home. Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. No, I'm not. Dallas is going to win this game. Dallas is going to, it's it's going to crush our dreams and it'll be 30, 30 to thirty to 27. I know that's somebody probably already said that already, but 30 to 27 just sounds right. So uh, on the flip side, well, uh, hopefully it won't be that depressing, uh, but uh, good news is if uh, everybody's pretty much out of it, uh, we can uh, get full on into the draft and all that other good stuff. But uh, until then, keep your hopes high and thank you so much for listening to episode number 73 of BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. If you've made it this far, go welcome back Mr. Jimmy Kemsky and Mr. Tommy Lawler over on Eagles Insiders. It's going to be fun, and we'll catch you next week. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. <laughs>